The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sexuality. Get your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now, the one, the only, Adam Yes, welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are coming at you live. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, November 14th, 2020, here at DNRstudios.com, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this bullshit. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. If you're listening live, call in and talk to us at a brand new phone number. This is huge news. Where's the trumpet fanfare? Where is it? Uh, yes, our new number. Write this down. It's 804 804- 825-5277. That's 804-TALK-ASS. And here's the twist. And you know how I love a twist. Now we have our own voicemail. So you can call us anytime, even when we're not on the air, and leave us a voicemail. We would love to hear from you guys, whether you have a, a thought or a reaction or a, a, a sexual fantasy you'd like me to enact with you, uh, or Ryan or JB for that matter. If we think your voicemail is cute, we might play it on the air. So once again, our new 24-hour ass hotline is 804-TALK-ASS. Call anytime. Operators are standing by. Someone's actually calling. Oh, what, Jay? Oh, no, this is me testing. Make sure the Oh, you're just works. testing yeah. it? Okay, we got excited because the red light started flashing on and off. Uh, okay, like our Facebook page, download the comedy albums, get your official ass merch, T-shirts, tank tops, even a male chastity belt. The link to all that is adamsank.com. Hey, our guest today, it's, he's making his ass debut I'm very excited. He's someone who should have been on years ago. It is the iconic Jay Rodriguez, one of the original uh, Queer Eye guys, and a, a fabulous uh, actor, singer, entertainer, and a hottie. I'm very excited. So that'll be happening later in the hour. But first, it's my duty to welcome my co-host, the Prince of Pigs, Ryan Frostig, to the ass. Hello, Ryan. Hello, world. Hey, you know what, Adam? I love our bullshit, and I just had an idea. I think we need a new jingle. For the phone number. Oh. Well, 804. Talk ass. I don't know. And then like a <laughs> pooping sound effect? Sure. Well, you know Let's what? You it. can be in charge of that. Thank you. Get I love on GarageBand and create a jingle. I love responsibility. It will not get done. No, JB. <laughs> just like, no. I mean, it, uh, big. <laughs> I know, but this is this is a different era we're living in, okay? This, this, this is, is Biden's America. This is another thing you can add to your autobiography, Planet. 
Don't Go Do it. it by Ryan Frost. I'm going to prove the haters wrong. All right. Well, uh, okay. So before we and JB, welcome as well. Hello. JB is wearing his Adam Sank Show hoodie, which I'm very grateful for. Very Thank cute. you. Very cute. Okay. Before we do anything else, though, I have another movie giveaway. Now, last time we did a movie giveaway, it wasn't entirely successful. I think because it was a DVD, and most people were like, what's a DVD? We don't have a DVD player. I mean, we gave away most of them. We gave away four of five, but that's kind of sad, considering they were free. <laughs> anyway, this time around, uh, you don't need any kind of device other than a phone, a laptop, a smart TV, wherever, however you stream things. Uh, if you are a winner of this giveaway, you just get a code that you enter into the app and you can watch the movie for free. And it is a brand new first run movie. So hit, the, hit it with the music, JB. Here's your chance to see a brand new feature film. You don't need a DVD player. It's called Chick Fight, streaming now on Redbox On Demand. Malin Ackerman, Bella Thorne, and Alec Baldwin star in the hilarious, hard-hitting comedy. When a woman is introduced to an underground all-female fight club in order to turn the mess of her life around, she discovered she is much more personally connected to the history of the club than she could have ever imagined. Stream Chick Fight instantly on your smart TV or favorite device with the Redbox app today. Rated R. So again, we... <laughs> Hold on. Okay, so again, we are sending five lucky ass listeners a special code that will allow them to stream Chick Fight for free. All you have to do to enter the drawing is post a review of the Adam Sank Show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this bullshit. Uh, take a screenshot of the review and email it to us at adam at adamsank.com. Now, if you're a DNR Studio subscriber and you don't listen on one of those apps, you can send me a screenshot of your latest DNR subscription invoice. First five listeners to do this properly receive the code to stream the movie Chick fight for free. No previous contest winners. Please void where prohibited. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was so. Uh, <laughs> I tried. Tried to help. Look the, at you I know, being the a live stream. This giveaway person. This fucking you phone. Need, you need like a stand or some I sort know, of. I know. I know. You know what? It here. This will make it easier. Let me unplug bullshit. it. Let me unplug it. Sorry, listeners. I'm. We're trying Back to stream bullshit. this to Instagram so that these six people who are watching. On Instagram Live, those six don't people miss any of it. deserve a good show, and we're gonna give it to them. <laughs> we're gonna we'll give it to them. them. Right. Yes. It just ended. Fuck it. I don't Whether care. Whether they like Fuck it or not. It. Fuck everyone. <laughs> so I thought here it is. All right. I thought that we would start today rather than giving our recommended viewing uh, recommendations, because I think we're all feeling. A little frazzled, mm -hmm. a little hungover, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit crazy traumatized. because of traumatized because of the fact that this election is still not settled in the sense that Donald Trump and his Republican allies refuse to accept the result of a free and fair election and, and right. concede that uh, president-elect Joe Biden is indeed the president-elect. And for me, it's been this crazy fucking roller coaster of emotions, and I'm not sleeping and I'm filled with rage, even though my guy won. Right. I'm so fucking angry. Over. Yeah. And um, so let's just talk about it. How did you? How did you guys feel the day that it was that the media announced that that in fact Biden had won? Well, I have to just say that leading up to that day, which was last Saturday, a week ago, um, it was one of the worst weeks of my of the year for me. Like I was having such a turbulent week. And even though Tuesday was so, like super cool for me because I was a poll worker, I got to like be a part of the process and, you know, that was really cool. Um, it was a shitty week. So we, uh, Boy Wolf and I, we, we drove upstate, we rented a car, we took Bodie upstate and we 
planned this like a week in advance because we were thinking if something if it doesn't go you know biden's way if there's war in if the there's streets. war in the streets let's just like escape the city so we were on our way upstate when we when we found out and i gotta tell you the fomo was so fucking real because we were literally it was beautiful where we were but looking at instagram and facebook and just seeing all the videos of people dancing in the streets and like the celebrate it was such a gorgeous day in the city and i was so um i wanted to be a part of it because it was such like a historic moment but i also uh was just happy to see people like i mean you know i i, I saw your video there were people i mean everyone yeah, was I'm, li I'm living in inwood right now which oh, is right, like the right. northernmost uh neighborhood in manhattan right right, right. near the bronx and it's not like it's not like a heavily populated area. It's not like Hell's Kitchen. It's not like Hell's Kitchen where I normally live. So in Hell's Kitchen and especially Times Square area, it was like the end of World War II. Yeah. In terms of the video that I was seeing. So Up beautiful. near us, we didn't have that. But there was so much uh, cheering and horns honking. Uh, when, when they first announced that mm -hmm. Biden had won on the news, immediately someone outside our window started blasting Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead from The Wizard of Oz, which was just so yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. And that evening when I took Lady for a walk, everyone was out on the street. It was a beautiful, it was like 70 degrees, and everyone was just so chill and happy, and everyone yeah. was like, good evening, how's so it going? Nice. And yeah. children were playing, and I thought like, okay, finally. We're on the other side of finally this. Finally we can breathe. Yeah, totally. JB. What was it like for you? Oh, um, okay. So to put it in perspective, my, my, one of my best friends sent me a video. It was a black guy who was like, hey, you know, have you heard that RR is coming back? What's RR? Regular racism. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a thing where you're like, hey, can I touch your hair? I was like, you know, I'm all fine for regular racism, but it's the cats are the bad. The races, the races, the race people's already out here and it's going to... For me, to me, it's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any worse. Cause was his point, JB, that with Trump, the racism was so blatant and obvious, and now that it's a Democrat back in office, it's going to go back underground but still be very present? Is that that, was, that, that was his point? point, and I was just like, that's uh, really bad because that, that's what all white people do. If, if it doesn't affect you, sleep on the rug. <laughs> yeah. And I thought we learned for these four years not to sweep anything on the rug. It, I don't know. I, I, so you I'm had happy. no happy. You didn't have one moment of like, yay. Because no, okay, yeah, Biden's in office. But what, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for the boys in blue who are still after my throats? Right. It, like, yeah. <laughs> I I understand what this means. For the past since I've been alive, I've only seen four four presidents: uh, Bush. Uh, I'm sorry, Clinton, Bush, Obama, and this fucker. Yeah. And I feel like America's on this pattern. Where we have a sensible president, and the next time they pick a retarded president, it went from Clinton. <laughs> Don't use that word. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, people. I'm sorry. Let's let's go with deranged. <laughs> <The> deranged <laughs> president. It went from Clinton. He was kind of sensible to Bush, and uh -huh. I was like, mm. and then from Bush to Obama, and I was like, Obama did great things, but he wasn't allowed to do great things because people were stopping him. Right. And then when this orange little fucker gets in the president, it's like everyone. Pretty much everyone put on the crazy hats, and yeah. I'm not for it. I I know it's going to be simple for the next four years, but I need to see some real fucking change. I need to see. I need to defund the police department immediately. Yeah. I need re, I need restru restructuring 
of uh, television, of news, so they won't call us thugs anymore, and they'll call the right people thugs. Mm -hmm. Those white little bastards murdering people in churches, and they are the thugs yes. and the terrorists. Mm -hmm. I, until I see change or something that goes to my favor, sure, I'll be happy. But for now, it's just... Yeah. It's such yeah. an important perspective, and it, remi yeah. it reminds me, and I've said this before on the show, I think white Democrats, white liberals, white people who hate Trump, the that kind of like shock and outrage and disbelief that we've been feeling for the four years, that's how people of color always feel in totally. this country. Trump was nothing new for them. <laughs> yeah. Like yep. we were like, how can this happen in America? And black people were like, because it always has. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, like for me, from my perspective as a, as a, a person of, of more privilege than, than you, JB, I just want an adult back in charge. Like, yeah. yes, I, all the things you just said, I want to have that all of them happen. It's vitally important. But the first thing I want, like the immediate difference is I just want a responsible adult in the room. Yeah. So that every fucking government agency isn't just crumbling in front of our eyes. Right. He has he has he has destroyed all of our institutions. And before we can even address systemic racism, we just need to, like, get a system going again. It, it's like the boat is 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 sinking and is almost underwater. That's from my perspective. Yeah. And, and my uh, to your point, JB, like I think the Trump presidency showed us that, you know, the racist people uh, could be even more racist and, yes. I, and my wish for the for those of us who are not blatantly racist but like are you know white privileged uh, etc i hope that we can all just now that we're on the other side of this just continue to be better allies listen like uplift black people and all people of color and and i hope that we can be better even though the people on the other side are just going to continue and i worse. do th i do think White liberals, I think we have learned some shit over the last four years. I think the Black Lives Matter movement has taught us what, a lot of what we needed to know and has shown us like the horrors of police brutality, police yeah. violence. We were aware of it, but it was never on the kind of stark display that it was over the past four years. And I think that that if anything good came out of the Trump presidency, it was that. But what I'm feeling now is just this constant anxiety yeah. that he won't concede that Mitch McConnell, the who I think is actually more evil, evil. than Trump, I if agree. that's possible, because he at least is smart. Trump's a moron. Yeah. He's an evil moron. But like McConnell's like an evil genius. Yeah. And he knows better and doesn't give a fuck, doesn't care if American democracy is permanently dismantled just is happy to stand by as long as he can hold on to power I and money. I have to say, um, I, I, the, the Georgia runoffs are going to really be something Oh, my God. Else. It's all but, we're going to hear about. But, once. but I, I don't know. I, I have this feeling. I was, I was, watching, um, I was watching an interview with uh, John Ossoff last night. Mm. There's something about him. And also, uh, Raphael Warnock. What's his last name? Warnock, right? I don't think it's Raphael. Is that his? Is that Judge Warnock's first name? Maybe you're right. Maybe. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but when you uh, when you listen the to Democratic candidates yes, running yes. for Senate you, in Georgia, the black guy. When you listen to them um, speak, you you really kind of hear the same sort of like resonance that Obama had ten years ago. There's there's something they're about, charismatic. There's something about these candidates that, to me, as someone that is like 
you know, trying to hold on to hope and optimism. I, I, I look at people like them and Stacey Abrams and, you know, AOC and this like next generation of politicians. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful because these are the leaders of the future. The Mitch McConnell's Fuck those guys. I mean, wouldn't it be great if Mitch McConnell just died? Yeah. Like today. All, if he had all a cerebral aneurysm that all was the painful, that he, like, he was in, writhing in pain for hours and then he died. Did you see his crazy purple hand? Yeah. The hands give me hope. <laughs> you know, the fact that he's, ju- he's just like a hands living ghoul at this point. So anyway. But, but yeah. so it's, I just, I feel like shit and I'm angry. I'm so angry at Donald Trump. I didn't think I could hate him more than I already did because I really truly hate him. He's yeah. another one where if he died, like... It would be the happiest day of my life. Yeah. Uh, when he dies, because he will someday, if I'm still around when it happens. And people will go to the streets. Oh, my God. In the same way they did. I think he's a modern day Hitler. But but I'm so angry that he's putting us through this now because this country has already been traumatized by police violence, by coronavirus, by economic, uh, you know, uh, an economic crash where, where there's millions out of work. And all he has to fucking do is say, yes, I lost. Here, here's the keys to the White House. Here's the transition. Here are your national security briefings. Just what every other president has always done. Right. And he can't fucking do it because his ego, his ego is too fragile. He's embarrassing. And I can't pathetic. sleep tonight because of Donald Trump's ego. And I, I just, it, 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 and it's a useless rage. What am I going to do with that? I right. can't do anything about it. I just have to hope that enough Republicans have a shred of integrity that sometime over the next days and weeks, they'll be like, OK, that's it. We're not supporting you anymore. We are publicly coming out and demanding that you either resign yeah. or concede. I, I think it's I, re- I think it's going to come down to these Georgia runoffs. I think that the Republicans, they're really, really holding on to this power. And if they lose, it's over for them. Yeah. It's over for them. It's over for Trump. So no, except yeah. they've already packed the judiciary. Yeah, it's, it's also it's depressing. Up. But let's so have hope. Let's have hope. And also, what time is it now? I can't. My phone it says oh, we're way into way, this. Listen, but this was important. It was important. And now that I've brought everybody down. <laughs> Let's bring everybody back. I feel like JB is so depressed now. JB has always been depressed. He just doesn't show up. Oh, JB. Oh, <laughs> we love you. Love you. I love you guys too. It's just the world sucks. All right, I'm going to pick does, but the world does suck. But it has to Worse suck. Worse than it ever has in my lifetime. We, we, we have to make it better. We do. And here are, here's the good news from the election. Here, here are all the historic firsts yeah, give me the good news. that we can celebrate <laughs> and feel good about. Sarah McBride will become the nation's first publicly open. Wait a minute, let me try that this again. Sarah McBride will become the nation's first person who publicly identifies as transgender to serve as a state senator after winning Tuesday's election in Delaware. How fucking yes, queen. Yes, queen. Now we do have another trans state house representative. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her name is Danica Rome. Yes, the one in that wears Virginia. The... Yes. Yeah. But this is the first state senator, which is a slightly more elevated position in state government. And so she uh, she won her district overwhelmingly um, over the Republican in Delaware's first district, which is a heavily Democratic district. So now we have our first openly trans state house uh, state senator, rather. Oklahoma, meanwhile, elected its first ever non-binary state legislator. Wow. Yes, queen. Maury Turner. And this article uses she and her pronouns, so I'm going to assume that's 
what she prefers. Maury Turner won her race for Oklahoma State House for District 88 on Tuesday, becoming the first non-binary state legislator in U.S. history and the first Muslim lawmaker in Oklahoma. So awesome. Pretty amazing for Oklahoma. She got 71% of the votes. Turner identifies as non-binary. New York, meanwhile, has elected not one, but two openly gay black members of Congress. They are the first ever openly gay black members of the U.S. House of Representatives. Yes, queen! Richie Torres and Mondaire Jones yes. are, uh, and Torres also identifies as Latino, uh, making him the first openly gay Latino member of Congress. Their triumph in two New York Democratic districts suggests that America is becoming more willing to elect gay representatives, and those representatives need not be white. We should try to get them on the pod. We have to get Mondaire uh, and or Richie on the ass. Meanwhile, cool. New Mexico yeah. on I'm, JB's oh, ass. They're hot, right? Yes. They're, they're kind of so sexy. Hot. Uh, meanwhile, New Mexico has elected the first ever all-female congressional delegation. This is just making me so happy. In other words, every member of Congress from New Mexico is now a woman, and either most of them or all of them are people of color. Deb Holland was one of the first Native American women elected uh, to Congress. She was reelected. Yvette Harrell is a member of the Cherokee Nation. She won her race in New Mexico's 2nd Congressional District. Teresa Ledger Fernandez won her race. Ledger Fernandez is the first woman to hold her seat since it was created in 1983. Meanwhile, in Missouri, they've elected their first ever black woman to Congress, and she's a veteran Black Lives Matter activist. Uh, Corey, turn that down, JP. Please. Corey Bush is a progressive community leader and veteran BLM activist. She won a U.S. House seat in Missouri. Uh, she is a nurse, a pastor, a community organizer, and a protest leader. Uh, she rose to prominence following the shooting death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, back in 2014. So she's going to kick some ass. This is, I'm just, every, every, um, every little new person that you're saying just, it, it's just every victory counts it, it, yeah all these small victories are, are adding up it's really really exciting this will make both of you even happier arizona new jersey montana and south dakota have all voted to legalize marijuana mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. voters approved uh, <laughs> ballot measures to legalize recreational marijuana in those states south dakota will be the first state ever to approve both medical and recreational marijuana measures at the same time and in Oregon, tell me they decriminalized everything. Oh, right. Heroin, meth, cocaine. Now, it's not a victory because those are good things right. to abuse. But what they did was they passed a ballot measure, a ballot measure that decriminalized the possession of all drugs so that instead of jail time, a person is able to either pay a $100 fine or enter an addiction treatment program. So, so the important. idea is stop putting people in jail yeah. for what they put into their own body. Right. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. If you can drink alcohol, if you can smoke cigarettes, if you can eat shitty food, then you should be able to, to do cocaine and heroin and meth, too, and be strongly encouraged not, not to. to. Right. Because but like all those other things, it could it, it yeah. will kill you. But but why go to jail for that? Why yeah, fill why, up our jails with that? Why why uh, punish people for being addicts? Because the colors are rampant and they need to be put in their place. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, oh here's another thing. Wait, before you go into this, because because we didn't talk about how Kamala Harris 
being the first woman of color. Yes, thank you. And that and, 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 and that, so we came home uh, last Saturday. We, we got home right before the speeches and she just, she just is so, she's such a, a light. There's something about her and, and, and I, I think that that was such an important moment for so many people, women, women of color, and I just like, and so leading into this next story, I, I just feel like it's JB, important. does that give you any hope that we have our first ever black I vice mean, president? Yes, Kamala gives me hope. And like a, a piece of me says like she she's going to be our next president. But then following the patterns of America, yeah. it's going to be Kanye West or some asshole or idiot. It, it'll be fuck, it'll the next president will be a Ku Klux Klan leader. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, they'll they'll just keep going further. <laughs> more well, old white men. But, but Brian's right. Let's enjoy but, yes. the victory, not of just a black woman, but this the black woman. Yes. Because she's pretty pretty fucking fabulous. She's so cool. And she's a feisty little devil. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. She's like beautiful Inside enough to be, a, to be a Hollywood actress. Absolutely. But her also smile. smart as a whip. And I do think she will pull Biden to the left and we fucking need that. Yes. This is so cool. Thank you for mentioning that, Ryan. I, I, that was gross that I left that out. Well, uh, it perfectly segues into... Well, I just wanted to mention also that uh, in addition to Oregon decriminalizing all those other drugs, they, they also legalized the use of psilocybin mushrooms you know i've never done mushrooms i am shocked i've by done that. acid twice but i've never done mushrooms and i'm a little that's afraid that's weird to me ryan because you're like I such know. a hallucinogenic person and mushrooms are much like, easier to handle than acid i know i don't particularly like them i've done them twice uh -huh. the the high is nice yeah but it's like sick. very giggly and also for me horny, which mm. pretty much every drug does that to me. But then you start to come down and I, you get sick and it's depressing. And I like cried both times. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this. Oh Plus they taste like shit because they're grown on shit. Um, meanwhile, uh, I had this uh, thing about Nevada, but I don't seem to have copied the. Um, hmm. Let's move forward. Anyway, Nevada wrote same-sex marriage into its constitution as a legally protected right. They are the first state to do that, which is surprising. You would think it would be New York, yeah. California, Massachusetts. So strange. You know, Nevada is, so, is a swing state. Yeah. But they are – so why this is important is if the Supreme Court overturns Obergfell and uh, criminalizes same-sex marriage again – not criminalizes, but yeah. makes it illegal uh, – Nevada's constitution basically says no – it's a right in our state constitution. You That's can't so cool. overrule it. So good for that. Um, meanwhile, it's kind of funny. It tells you how really liberal New York is, if it's not, if or Los Angeles or any of those places, if that's not in our constitution, because that makes more sense to be. And in I our think it will be. I think other states will follow suit, especially yeah. now. Meanwhile, in Mississippi, uh, Mississippi will now be the uh, last state to remove the Confederate flag from its state flag. Good riddance. There's not a lot of good things happening in Mississippi, but this is one. Their new flag will feature the magnolia flower. Voters on Tuesday approved the In God We Trust magnolia design, uh, essentially uh, removing the Confederate symbol from their flag. Uh, Mississippi, as I said, was it was the last state in the country that still had this flag, which they adopted in 1894. So it took over 100 years. But congratulations, Mississippi, on conceding the Civil War. Yeah. Fucking ding, assholes. ding, ding. Okay. Wait, are we not going to do one about Kareen? 
I see my rundown is different from my oh, script because I, okay. I changed the order. So well, don't don't follow that. Okay. What do you want to talk about? No, I just think um, Kamala Harris picks. Yes, that's next. Okay. Got it. So we just talked about Kamala Harris, and so I didn't forget her, Ryan. I just wasn't <laughs> there yet. <laughs> Vice President-elect Harris. This is actually a story that from back in August, but we missed it. And now it's really important because she's vice president-elect. Yes. She has chosen as her chief of staff, Corrine Jean-Pierre. Corrine mm. Jean-Pierre is a black woman who is also an openly gay lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Not just a lesbian, but an openly gay lesbian. Openly gay. Uh, she is a... Uh, MSNBC political analyst and commentator who was a key figure in three presidential campaigns, including Barack Obama's historic victory in 2008. She successfully pressured big corporations like Walmart to change their unfair labor practices. She's taught campaign management at her alma mater, Columbia University, which is also my alma mater from my master's mm. degree, and served as the chief public affairs officer for Move On. She's also the author of Moving Forward, a call to arms for those who know that time is now to act. So if you think about Mike Pence, I don't know who his chief of staff is, but I'm sure it is not a, a fabulous uh, black, openly gay lesbian. And, and, and I think like that's sort of the, the, um, the running theme through all of these stories that we've talked about so far is that like there is there is change coming. It's slow and it's um and it's sometimes overshadowed by all of the horrible things that are happening on uh, the other side of the you know political spectrum. But uh, these are not things that twenty years ago were even not fathomable. Fathomable, and here we are. So it's like I, I'm just I'm just holding on. I I I, I totally hear you, Adam, about, about still being anxious, and I I still feel that way too. I had to completely disconnect, but. I'm I'm holding on to like all of these really really important moments because we it, have to because we have to and I hope there are more you know trans people and out openly gay you know uh, people um, taking taking power back from and there is uh, I didn't I didn't print this out but there is a list of all of the LGBTQ people who won their races across the country on the state and local level, and there's there's dozens and dozens of them. So we are growing in terms of our representation. And speaking of lesbians, Ryan, there's a new sheriff in town in mm. Hamilton County, Ohio. Literally. Her name is Shermaine McGuffey. She defeated Bruce Hoffbauer, her Republican opponent, in the general election, 52% of the vote. Here's what's important about Charmaine McGuffey. She made headlines after she was fired for being a lesbian by the former sheriff, Jim Neal. Jim Neal is a Democrat, but he fired her for being gay, which somehow is legal in Ohio. And so she ran against him in the Democratic primary and won. And then she beat the Republican. McGuffey uh, made her, her lesbian identity, uh, uh, she was very open about it during her campaign. She touched on it in political ads. Uh, with her win, all five of the up-and-coming politician nominees for this year's LGBTQ Nation Heroes Awards won their elections. The other ones, as we've said, were Richie Torres and Mondaire Jones, Kim Jackson, who won her race to become a Georgia state senator, Rosemary Ketchum, who won election to the city council of Wheeling, West Virginia, and again, Sheriff Charmaine McGuffey of Hamilton County, Ohio. So this is someone, I, it's a really inspiring story. I don't want to understate this. She was fired for being a lesbian by the sheriff. And then she said, all right, bitch, I'm going to run against you 
and she won, and then she beat her Republican opponent in the general. It's an incredible story. It's a modern day lesbian fairy tale. It's a TV movie. I love it. I'm. You can watch it on Netflix. Coming soon. <laughs> okay, so I'm a little confused. So in order to be the sheriff, like in small, is this like to be a sheriff anywhere or small towns? You vote for the some, sheriff. Some some towns and jurisdictions and counties elect their sheriff. Oh. In some places, it's not a political position, but in some places, it is. Like in New York City, we don't vote for our chief of police. Yeah, I'll say um, I'm supposed to run for chief of police and fix the police department, exactly. please. But vote sher- for JB. sheriff is a special sheriff is like a, a special thing. It, it's a it's a particular kind of law enforcement that isn't uh, the, the norm in some parts of the country. Okay. But yeah, she's the sheriff. Well, good for her. New sheriff in town. Meanwhile, here's a story that will make you want to. Uh, jump out a window. Uh, tw- according to exit polls, Donald Trump won 28% of the LGBTQ vote. Hmm. That is so scary. I posted this on the Adam Sank Show page and people got very angry and they were like, these polls are wrong. And I'm like, listen, I don't want them to be true, but they were done by a scientific polling agency and exit polls tend to be accurate. A lot of people on my page were like, what if they lied and said they were LGBTQ, but really they weren't? I was like, when does that happen? When, right. it, when does someone on the street get stopped by a pollster? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what is your sexual orientation? Oh, I'm gay. I'm gay. Yeah, I'm gay. Fuck that. I love sucking cock. It's hard to believe. But according to this survey, only 61% voted for Biden, which meant that lots of them either didn't vote for president or voted third party. Um, I'll be for Kanye like some of my black people did. That is Very true. Very upset the 400 Me people. Too. Y'all know who y'all are. <laughs> but I remember doing a story four years ago where it was like 11% uh, voted for, for Trump. And even that was infuriating to me. 28% is, I mean, it just shows you once again that, that the other side is winning the information war. That any queer person right. thinks that Donald Trump and Mike Pence are good for them. They're, they're living in a universe where there are no facts. Well, I, and that's a great point. And that's sort of the thing that I, I have tried to uh, wrap my mind around is that we are living in an alternate reality than the people who voted for Donald Trump. We, us, we live in a reality where truth matters, where facts matters. But see, they don't even agree on the same facts. Well, right. But they, Trump says, I'm the best president the LGBTQ community has ever had. And they just go, yeah, you, you are. Right. And so in that reality, it's it's just whatever. It's like, choose your own, right. you know, desti- it's like, choose your own adventure. Choose, yeah, exactly. It's like you, whatever you want to believe is, is, is gonna, is the truth. You will believe it. And of these, um, I mean, self-hating homosexuals and queer people I, I i i feel for them i don't feel for them but i i i, I it's embarrassing well, he, well speaking of gay republicans and this is the last story we'll do before the commercial break jb a new williams institute study has found that right-wing gays are more likely to wish they were straight than the rest of us the UCLA-based institute combed through data from something called the Generation Study, and they sampled LGBT folks and found that Republican gay people, queer people, are more than twice as likely as Democrats to wish deep down inside that they were completely heterosexual. And they're also more likely to interpret their sexual orientation as a personal shortcoming. Among the study's participants, researchers say 41% of—it's—by the way, this was, they didn't study trans people. This is only lesbian, gay, and bisexual. 
41% of LGB Republicans wished they could be straight, while only 17% of LGB Democrats felt similarly. This is a scientific study. This isn't like some bullshit thing. Mm -hmm. 38% of GOP LGB also said they see their sexuality as a character flaw, with 16% of LGB Democrats saying the same. I feel bad. I feel bad that 16% of gay Democrats feel think that their sexuality is a shortcoming. I fucking love, I love my love sexuality. It. I love it. I love being gay. I love being a faggot. I am a faggot. I would I never, faggot. ever choose to be straight. All right. On that note, JB, I'm feeling kind of sexy. Can you put on some sexy music, please? Oh. Ryan. <gasps> You know that time, you know that thing where your dick looks like a thumbtack and you wish it looked like a sword? Yeah. Turn down the music, JB. You can now increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Ooh. Right now, visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code just pay $5 shipping. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, and they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. Ooh, I love there's no package. me too. There's no I, I like an obvious package, sure, frankly. Sure. But uh, there's no awkwardness, and you don't need to leave the house. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners and our Instagram viewers. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code AS. Just pay five dollars shipping again. That's B L U E Chew.com promo code AS. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the ass. Thank you, Blue Chew. Thank you. Oh, Blue Chew. Oh, and I'm going to say goodbye to our Instagram viewer. <laughs> viewer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com or listen free to episodes a week later on any streaming audio platform. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right, Ryan. It's that time for fun. our guest segment. Yes. This is so exciting. Okay. All right. Our guest today is making his ass debut which is a crime because I have known and loved him for many years. He has starred on Broadway in feature films and television and was first introduced to the world as the culture guy from the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy on Bravo. His latest project is the HBO Max docuseries Equal. And joining us all the way from sunny Los Angeles, please give a warm-ass welcome to Jay Rodriguez. Good morning. Hey, Jay. Jay, can you hear the I studio audience going crazy? They love you. I'm so you have them way more caffeinated than I am on the <laughs> West Coast, where it's eight just after eight thirty a.m. on a Saturday. Oh I know, JB. Uh, Jay, when was the last time you were up this early? Oh God, like probably I guess press week for when the show launched, but yeah, it was just like two days. Not are you, too bad. Are you still in bed? No, no. I got up and made coffee and just you know made a little toast, some Start peanut butter on it, just to. A cozy fall morning. Good for you. Well, I first yeah. have to ask you, uh, we talked a lot this episode about our feelings about the aftermath of the election. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, so I, I mean, I woke up and it was to pots and pans and shouting from a neighbor. And I immediately jumped from my phone and saw the good news myself. And on my dog walk, um, like a couple minutes after that, the, the streets were starting to crowd up near me. 
um, with people just so like celebratory and joyous. Uh, so I was feeling really good. I mean, you know, certainly the tantrum that the um, the Cheeto in chief is is throwing it in his uh, in his own little world is kind of discouraging. Like, you know, it's not. I, I don't fear four more years of Trump. I just think what a what a stain on what's, what another stain on our history. That this is happening the way it is, but you know, once Trump, once uh, Biden and Harris are in office, I mean, I think that's when the wor- real work begins because this nation nation has a lot of things to unpack, and we haven't seen each other. So you know, it's it's a little it's a little anxious when you go into a new work environment, looking around like who'd you vote for? You know, it's a were you different. were you surprised as I was that so many Latino Americans voted for Trump? Uh, no, I think the first time I, you know, I think that was uh, perhaps I want to try something new. He's more fiscally in line with what I want my life to be. That some people were saying um, <clears throat> this time, I think that uh, a lot of folks who, you know, voted for him again, I think, are um, people who were very frightened of some of what was coming out of the Democratic Party, some of the language they saw as uh, they saw and ran with it, whether it is. Um, you know, independents and people who live in the suburbs frightened of the phrase, you know, defund the police. There's a lot of really impactful things uh, in terms of fear mongering that the Republicans did right to get votes. And uh, but when you look at some of the issues in comparison to Democratic voters, the exit polling showed that there was actually a lot of crossover um, and I was actually oddly flipping because, you know, Fox News got my viewership for the first time really ever during this election. Me too. I kept, yeah, I kept wanting to see how things were playing on Fox News. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was a, some of the exiting polling was, uh, do, do you believe that, uh, you know, there is bias in the police department? That was a yes. And basically all the talking points were completely uh, about faced by the people they had polled. And it was very interesting to see. So um, I'm not wildly surprised. I think that uh, isolation and quarantine really shed a light on who we are as individuals. Um, Mm. And I think people, uh, you know, who, let's say, I think it was 14, well, you know this better probably than I do, 14 percent of the LGBTQ plus population voted for Trump the first time. And then the second time, I think it was double that, 28 percent. But I think, you know, if you're uh, anyone who's been around long enough, you can uh, clearly uh, remember times where even within our own community, there's uh, much division and much bias and much, you know, racism and a lot of the things that people feel that doesn't impact me. So I don't care. I'm going to go ahead and vote for this man. Right. Um, I saw that coming out in real ugly ways on social media. and was kind of surprising, um, but also, I guess, not surprising had I been paying attention. Yeah. I mean, I just think the Democrats have some real work to do in, in winning back uh, the, the not not the entire Latinx vote, because we did get a lot in, yeah. in Arizona and, and other places. But, man, we got to get those Cubans in South Florida yeah. to stop and voting Republican. Growing up, you learn the tier system. You know, Puerto Ricans were like, oh, we Americans, though. Cubans, you ain't got a green card. And unfortunately, it's become really tribal as to where you're from. And right. um, you had like everything family. else in America. Yeah. Cubans all voting and kind of having that, you know, the dog whistle uh, that Joe Biden could be a massive socialist. And they didn't want to, that to remind them of Fidel Castro, Such um, whereas, yeah, which is Mexican-Americans obviously have a different uh, perspective and they have a different experience. And so, um, you know, he was able to Joe Biden capture uh, that vote, as well as indigenous people voted overwhelmingly for Joe Biden. So it was a little bit uh 
hopeful to see as many Republicans speak out for common sense. We're still in the thick of it. You know, a week after uh, President-elect Joe Biden was projected to be the winner, and here we are with uh, just, uh, you know, a crybaby in the White House. It's so upsetting. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Yeah, people's house. Yeah. All right. Well, enough politics. I want to talk about equal your new okay. series on HBO Max. Congratulations, first of all, and being so part of such an important work. Uh, I was not familiar with the historical figure that you play in this. His, his name was Jose Saria. Tell us about the real mm-hmm. Jose Saria. Yeah, that was daunting knowing that he had such a legacy and that um, a charitable organization that he set up, uh, the Imperial Court, is still in existence with over 70 chapters in the U.S. and Italy. But to go back, he was someone who wanted to serve in the military. He was too short, um, but he finagled his way in there. Obviously, he was gay and not out, but did serve our country. And when he returned to San Francisco, he also became the first openly gay politician to run for office. While he didn't so get historic. I know. He certainly got um, a decent number of votes that, you know, how do you continue pursuing it? One day he might have been in office. But, um, yeah, he was, you know, part of the, in the late 50s and early 60s. Um, a lot of the great footage that we found on YouTube and that exists out there is from 1960, where he would have sort of a cabaret act at this place called the Black Cat, where he would talk politics and real talk with um, a very uh, closeted community, uh, many of which who come to see Jose, you know, in, in drag and different dresses and and performing uh, for for their just stepping into their kind of nightlife persona. And and Jose called that out and, you know, reminded them constantly of the brutality that they face and had some really interesting ways of getting out of uh, their bar being raided. Because as you you know, during that era, it was illegal to uh, try to fool or pull one over by, you know, uh, being dressed as a woman. And so what he would do is he would have signs made for the drag performers uh, that when the police came in, they would put a sign around their neck that said, I'm a boy. This way, it couldn't, they couldn't, they weren't trying to fool anybody, and therefore there were no grounds for That's arrest. so interesting. And of course, you've, while, but, you've performed yeah, yeah. in drag many times because you you played Angel and Rent for five years uh, yeah, but I this was a different pooping red glitter. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a different kind of drag, right? Oh yeah, you ha- I had to just completely let go of what you know, like drag race kind of style drag. That's that was not it. It was a uh, you know a different era where he threw on some pancake make- makeup, maybe a little eyeshadow and a and a you know just a, a black eyebrow pencil for the brows. And we think the makeup artist really did her due diligence and tried to match uh, certain images. And it was. It was different. We underdrew my lips because he had smaller lips than me. And so it was like that moment. You have such big, luscious lips, Jay. I know. But also he has such a specific cadence to uh, his voice. You know, and there's so many audio files and uh, not just the way he speaks, but also in almost like a mid-Atlantic accent, like a 1950s film siren would. So that I came fully prepared with. And I don't think they were expecting that. Give us some of that. Give us a little bit of of his voice. Yes. Um, well, by the way, they said they could shoot all my scenes within one day. And I said, well, I would love to be a part of this project. You know, they only pay you with the food that they give you on the set. And um, so, you know, like I was me telling you about so it. I love that. So yes. good. It's kind of but, it's a little this, bit Eartha Kid. It's yes, he is, yeah. it's really it's really measly. It's really like in the in the in the mask singer would say. And 
old and, Hollywood. Um, and that's the way he spoke. Yes, very old Hollywood. And so they, I don't think the producers, uh, which by the way were the same Queer Eye producers, this is the first time I've worked for them again, 17 years later. Amazing. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't think they were really expecting me to come as prepared as I was. But it was only one day of work the day that the, the world shut down. Um, I think it was like on a Friday. We shot this on a Saturday wow. to finish out the third episode. Yeah, and it was such an interesting um, moment because I knew that it was going to be my last time on film for a while. And, you know, like I said, these are really low-budget uh, projects. And I think they did a really good job of making it look like a million bucks. So, I, I, you know, I couldn't be more happy. And I'm just glad it's documented and out there. In fact, tonight I'm going to be receiving the Jose Sadia Award from the Imperial Court. Um, mm, congratulations. Thanks, which is, yeah, really cool. It's a, it was a huge honor, and I want to thank Empress Nicole, Mother Empress Nicole, who is his successor, who took the time to have this really detailed conversation with me um, before I got on set, you know, just to talk about the spirit and essence of Jose. Hey, Jay, uh, Ryan here. Uh, just, I, hey. I want to uh, personally, before we talk about Query, because we have a lot of questions about that, um, mm -hmm. I want to personally Thank you for just being, as a 29-year-old, uh, you know, millennial from Connecticut who desperately was seeking that metropolitan queer <laughs> life at the time that the show came out, um, I, I just have to say thank you for just being a presence and helping me come into my, my, uh, my gayness. Your faggotry. My faggotry, my purest <laughs> faggotry. Um, so the, I love that. Yeah, so the, the original Queer I ran from 2003 to I, what is your what do you remember as like sort of your most important like what was the experience like being a part of that show what what did it feel like to you in the moment when you were about to start shooting and kind of like getting yeah. into the project so real, real talk i thought it was going to be a nothing show everyone that you know had gotten booked for this uh when it was on bravo uh season one Everyone had the plans to go back to their normal careers. I was in rent. I took six months off of rent to go do Xanadon. In the middle of off-Broadway contract, I got an op opportunity for TV. I took it. I needed the money. So when I got on set, it was very confusing because I was a replacement. So I was like, oh, geez, they fired the guy before me. I better get this right. And, um, and they didn't really even know what they wanted the character of culture to really be or do. But the network had ideas. The production company had ideas. So eventually I had to push out the noise and find my own way. But I think, you know, you have to remember in that era, nobody knew what a Vanderpump was. You know, <laughs> they weren't even on the air. Like to me, a Vanderpump was a thing I would do late at night to James Vanderbeek in my mind before bed. Hey, like that was my Vanderpump. Yes. But, but what really uh, was bizarre and shocking was that we were in production when we started airing. I mean, I think we had two episodes left once we had already aired. And people would stop us in the street. That's New York. I'm used to it with theater. And the guys were like, oh, it's just like something. It's like a big deal. And then all of a sudden, the producers came to us and said, hey, um, you tripled the ratings in Bravo's history ever. Oprah, Ellen, Jay Leno uh, all want you on the show next week. And you're shooting the cover of that, of uh, you know Entertainment Weekly in two days. And Jay, and rem we like, remind oh, people how old you were. Weren't you like... I was 23. Wow. <sighs> so yeah. yeah. So it was a weird thing for me because the guys are a decade older. I think each of us respectively identify the tenets of the show, which is style, taste, and class, differently. I don't represent the community or or, or socialize in the spaces that my brothers do. And so it was always a push-pull to kind of 
um, do um, segments and or push for aesthetics that were more accessible as opposed to um, things that were aspirational. And, right. you know, we just come from different backgrounds, even to this day. You know, I mean, sometimes we'll have conversations if we meet up for drinks or a dinner uh, and I'm like, that's unrelatable content. Can we talk about something other than private jets? <laughs> I have nothing to contribute. Jay, you mentioned before um, Xana Don't, and as a huge Broadway fag, uh, I know what <laughs> Xana Don't is, and I remember listening to that soundtrack. I never got a chance to see it, uh, but yeah. I remember listening to that soundtrack and just like being so in awe of like thinking of a world where that was like that could be my reality and I could be those characters. Do you think that that uh, performance, just because you kind of just had the essence of like of mm. like ultra ultra gayness do you think that was a part of what got you cast on queer eye do you think being that that character so i'll tell you i, I so just yeah if you remember xana don't by the way for our listeners who don't know what it was it was basically an off-broadway musical in which i played the title character xana and it was a world in which everyone was gay and being straight was was the weird thing yes and so we decided in high school because we're all high school students to do a play on whether or not heterosexuals should be allowed in the military it was a hot button <laughs> issue in in the in america and so we flipped it and um and i'm a magical matchmaker in this high school and a guy and a girl who are playing this heterosexual couple in our fictitious play within the play um fall in love and i use a magical spell to make it okay for them to go to prom inadvertently changing the world back to to, to straight for the first time ever for everyone except me um and so then he has this big 11 o'clock number moment but um it's oddly one of the things that people stop me most for um it's queer eye and then santa don't because the cast album has had such legs and people have either you know done it or seen it all over the world and and so and i forget to learn it you're listening to my voice you know which is wild um but i think you know i was doing a this is at old xl on 16th and 9th i would do a monday night called twisted cabaret mondays with a you know four-piece band three background singers i remember it. Mm -hmm. much like my character you know like jeans with swarovski crystals all over them and you know timberland's fully covered in swarovski crystals and so i was sort of this gay pop star vibe that night and the producer came to see the show and was like that's the real life xana and um, and so then I, I I booked it that way, but I walked into my audition for Queer Eye with platinum white hair because that's what my character had, oh, right. and it was a very interesting thing to have to explain residual glitter and <laughs> platinum white hair in the audition to NBC and Bravo. And you know, once I booked the show, they they had me color it back, but no one told me how, so I just went to the drugstore and just got like. <laughs> brown just and for put men. It over my blonde and it washed out so it looked like the color of a latte wow i remember and that's that. how i shot one of the first episodes yeah that's i'll amazing. never forget because if i see the episode i was like oh there's latte hair there. all right yeah. in the time remaining jay it's time to play everyone's favorite at-home quiz show ask me no questions ask me no questions, me no questions. Yeah. why do you spell J with an i Oh, because this is a really easy one, because there was already David Rodriguez in the union. There was my first name's David. There was already a DJ Rodriguez in the union, and there was already another thing. So I just changed it one letter because it had been you know, misspelled once in my lifetime, and I ran with it, and then I think I did that at 15. Showbiz yeah. problems. Uh, yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, of the original Queer Eye cast, which guy would you most like to bang or did? 
Uh, I think my first day on set, I tried desperately to fuck Kyan. Yes. We got as far as like playing sixties under the table. But then uh, when we were making over Artie Lang for Howard Stern's show, we were in a passenger van after a very boozy brunch, and then I made out with Tom. Uh. So. I'm trying to work my way through, but now they're just really geriatric. So as long as they all take their Boniva, I'm open to it. <laughs> wow. Boniva. Kyan uh, was by far the hottest. Uh, okay. In 30 seconds or less, describe the worst gig you ever had. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I was doing a home and garden show appearance, and they expected a presentation. And it was a blizzard in, a, in you know, kind of the convention center. And I showed up empty-handed and had to improv um, a, a lesson of some point, of some kind, uh, having to do with home or garden, and I had no props. So it was honestly my best, you know. I hope you got good money for that. I, it was like $10,000, so I couldn't even, you know, say, I couldn't even not. I couldn't be like, you know what, I, this is out of my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, for $10,000, I'll do just about anything. Uh, okay. I, mean, I miss those queer eye checks. That was a good time. Mm. Would you describe your basement as having full bush, neatly trimmed hedge, or hardwood floor? I was going to say Jurassic Park. I'm sad that that's not an option. Um <laughs> I would say, yeah, it's probably full. I can't, I, can't, I honestly have never, I have not trimmed it or even acknowledged its presence since probably January. <laughs> so there's a lot of situations happening. But normally? Normally, yeah. I mean, I'm usually like, a, um, you know, when, when you're, if you're a guy and you get the typical gay haircut, you know, faded sides, yes. short top, mm -hmm. and then they put like their two fingers like they're, doing imaginary scissors yes um to, to measure the inches yeah i'll do that i'll do the two fingers and then slide up a little bit and trim the excess so whatever that is i probably have usually on a on a, on a given on a normal time i would say um an inch and a half of a of a nicely manicured situation i i kind of keep it in the middle for the folks who don't like too much but the people who want something yes by the way, when i say people i really just mean my dog and my cat when i get out of the shower I mean, they're weird. <laughs> I feel See, that. these are the things you learn on the Adam Sank show. Okay, I'm going to give yeah. you an F. Mary Kill situation, and this is a, a gay actor edition. So these three gay actors, okay. you have to fuck one, marry one, mm -hmm. and kill the other. What if I've already fucked one? Well, you can tell us that, and I, I'm going to okay. assume that of these three, you've probably had at least one of them. Your choices okay. are Cheyenne Jackson, okay. Jer Jeremy Pope, and Darren Chris. Okay. Ooh. Um, that's tricky. Uh, well, Cheyenne Jackson and I have a very, um, interesting, um, and long rooted relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, we did a, um, we did a, we did a series. No, we didn't do a series. We did, a, um, um, a thing at Joe's pub where we sang elephant love medley and I played Nicole and he played Ewan McGregor love it. and we, and then we said, and then we'll just kiss at the end. And not did we just kiss. Oh, that bitch. He, he fully dipped me. And mm -hmm. you know, when you're dipped. You go in for that kiss, and the lips are just a little parted. So yes. out. Um, nice. So I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to just finish the deed with Cheyenne. Yes. Um, I think I want to marry Jeremy. I just uh, he's just an incredible uh, performer, and um, I mean the fact that he was like the sixth person in Tony history to be nominated for two categories mm -hmm. and separate performances at the same year. I mean. 
He is a little young for me. He's 28, which is you can you pull know, it off. Probably on the on the cusp. We at least would look good pictures. And Darren Chris, he's already married. He's had a great career. I'd probably just I'd off him, but I'd bring him back in hologram form. Perfect. And finally, what's the most sensitive spot on your body? Ooh, um, my heart, because it's easily broken. Oh, Jay Rodriguez, you're a delight. I hope we'll have you back on the ass. You are currently starring on HBO Max as Equal. How can people follow you on the interwebs? Yeah, so um, I'm at J-A-I Rodriguez on all social media platforms. Look for the one with the blue check mark because there's some other ones out there that are not me. Come on, Verified. Every single day, every single day I go live at, um, around 4.35 p.m. on my Facebook page and kind of for this virtual happy hour I've been doing. And then on Mondays I do performances. Um, so uh, if you want to find me or just come be a part of the Thank fun. you so much. I love you, you, baby. Thank you, Ryan and JB. Please you plug so yourselves. I'm at Ryan Frosting on Twitter and Facebook, even though I'm not there right now. I am at Stocking Anarchy 12, only on Instagram. Thank you so much to everyone. Tune in next week to hear another brand new ass with our special guest, Felipe Rose of the Village People. Oh, my God. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Instagram and Twitter at adamsank. Have a great week, bitches. Bye.